0: We are continuing hi, Adam. We are going to start Klal Beis today. Just a few points from Klal Aleph. We discussed last week the halacha of wearing yarmulke, the practice that we from Yidin for many years have been wearing yamakas. And Ramosha says it's a very strong minog. Uh, one could uh, you know, remove the yarmulke to avoid a financial loss. But other than that, there is a minog. A minog in Kali, so to wear a yarmulke, a kippah, a keppel, a hat, whatever you want to call it. So I just want to point out, the Heter... Rav Moshe's Hector is limited for a case where someone's gonna lose Parnassa. He's going to lose uh, financially by wearing a yamaka. It doesn't mean he's automatically gonna lose. Even if he suspects that he won't get a job, he won't be able to get that client or make that sales, make that sale. So in those situations, you could say there's a loss of Parnassa. But let's say someone, you know, he's he works in the Midwest and he just doesn't feel so comfortable. Or as long as it's not a safety issue. Or uh, or a financial issue, just not feeling comfortable. Rav Moshe does not is not make-all. So it'll be a stretch to say that Rav Moshe's would apply uh, in situations where there's no financial loss or there's no uh, safety issue involved. It's a stretch to say Rav Moshe's hetter applies there. Another thing to discuss is the size of a yarmulke. Rav Ar- Shlomo Kluger writes that the size should cover all your head, and re- and some of the achronim say yeah, he means most of your head. It can't be your entire head. But the minog ha'olam is similar to Rav Moshe. It says, Rav Moshe Feinstein, in his first Chuva, first chuva he wrote, in Helech uh, Aleph, tshuva Aleph, he writes that as long as it's considered covered, as long as people look at your head and they say, oh, he's wearing a and it looks covered, so that's considered wearing a and your yotze the minog. rav Yosef has a different opinion. He says that as long as it's visible from all sides, that's cold wearing a uh, yarmulke. So if uh, some men, they'll make fun of women that they take, you know, a lot of time in front of the mirror, looking at their hair and the shaitos. You ever see a, a yeshiva guy shopping for yamakas, It also takes a uh, takes a long time to find the right fit, the right size, or if they buy a hat, you know, the right size brim, and the and the pinch. Just, you know, I, I haven't really seen too many yarmulkas that one would, you know, would say you're not yaitza, the minig of of, of, a, of a yarmulke. Usually, even a size one you could see it, it's noticeable that the person is wearing a uh, yarmulke. Just one last point, which we'll discuss at a later time, Ritz Hashem, is let's say a person is not wearing a yarmulke, whether he uh, he's, wearing, he's at work and he, it's, uh, it's a financial loss, or he can't find his yarmulke, is he allowed to make a bracha? So there is a whole simon, a whole cloud on hechus brachas. We'll get to that specific question in a, in a few weeks. Moving on to klah base. So klah base deals with netil Sedaim achar ha'shena. Uh, washing your hands, you know, upon waking up in the morning as, as uh, he's going in the order of the, of the day. So you wake up in the morning, we know we wash our hands. Now if you look through the whole entire klal, you will see there is not one mention really of a bracha. Why is that? You know, we assume the sadaim is uh, with a bracha. So the truth is there's different reasons why we wash our hands in the morning. There's the primary reason of the din of bracha, which we'll discuss in a few in a few clauses. It's not in klal beis. It's in uh, I think it's in klal Zion. It discusses the making of the bracha in the morning. That is either because we're like a, we have a new neshama or we're like the kahanim doing our avodah in the in the beis hamikdash, getting ready for davening. That's when chazal mesak in a bracha of anatilas sadaim However, this this uh, washing of hands has nothing to do with the bracha nothing to do really with davening. It's primarily based on a Gemara in Shabbos, Tav Kuv Ches, The Gemara in Shabbos, Tav Kuv Ches, says, Hu hayo, there was a uh, Rav Mona, his name was, he used to say, Yad La'ayin T'Katzetz, if one wakes up in the morning, he touches his eyes with his hands, it should be cut off. Yad La'chaitim T'Katzetz, Yad La'pet basically, if you touch any part of, uh, any open, uh, any any part of your body that has an opening, uh, a nekev, so then, um, there's some type of ruachra. Ra. There's some type of evil spirit that is on your hands, and if you don't wash your hands before you touch your eyes, your nose, your ears, there's some type of ruachra Ra that's going to get into your body. Now, I don't understand what Ruachra Ra is, but we follow the Gemara. The Gemara says there's a problem, there's a concept of Ruachra. Ra. The Chayadim explains what Ruachra Ra is and, and uh gives you a, a little glimpse of what Ruachra. Ra He says, when a person is sleeping, his neshama goes up to Shemayim, and all he has left is the guf and when you only have a guf so the Ruach Atoma goes on to him we know that someone who's sleeping is uh, is partially dead halachically there's 160th of Misa is sleeping so the Ruach Atoma could rest on him and as soon as his neshama comes back so it, it like kicks out the Ruach Atoma, except that it remains on his fingers and that's why you wash your hands in the morning the Gemara Shabbat says the only way you get rid of this Ruach Ra is by washing your hands three times. That's how you rid yourself of this Ruachra. We'll explain, maybe later, or tomorrow year, a few uh, other uh, ways to understand this concept of Ruachra, but that's basically what it is. When you wash your hands in the morning, forgetting about getting ready for davening, and that, all that other uh, things we'll discuss later. You have to wash your hands, Mishum Ruachra, there's Ruachra on your fingers, and the person has to wash his hands in the morning. Now, the mishabur brings some of the Aharonim, they quote from the Zayar, that a person should not even walk, amas. you should not walk four amars, which should be, I don't know, six to eight feet today. You should not walk that amount prior to washing your hands. And many uh, people have a practice where they where they have water near their bed. You either have a sink in their, uh, in their bedroom, or they have, you know, a bowl with a cup of water, and they wash their hands immediately upon waking. They don't even wait to go to the bathroom because... Or to their sink in their kitchen, because it's uh, beyond four amas. Now, the the, the reason why many are mekel, Now, if one could be machmir, kolakavod, a kolakavod. Let's say your yeshiva bacher, or uh, your wife has no problem with it. If you able to be machmer, no problem. It's it's a it's a great chumra. The mishabur brings it b'shem However, if you for the limud eschus, for those that are not machped to do this, they'll wait to get to their kitchen or to get to their to their bathroom to wash their hands. So why is that? So first of all, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, the Rambam, all the Rishonim, they don't mention this concept of walking Dalaramas, walking four with without washing your hands. It's not mentioned at all. There's an Indian of, of, of washing hands in the morning, but it doesn't say anything about not walking amos. The Gemara says don't touch your eyes, don't touch your ears, uh, don't put your hand in your mouth, but what does that have to do with walking four Amas? So that's first of all. It's not really brought down until later on. Second of all, if you look at the Chayadam, the Chayadam says, that if it's a sarah if you have any need to to walk more than four hours it's fine so for most people it's a sarah they don't want to have water in their room they want to be able to to wash their hands like a mensch in their in their bathroom in their sink the mr Brewer says that if you're going to it's going to cause you to fight cause uh, let's say you have a roommate or if you're married if it's going to cause some friction so it's better to not get involved in kitata into fighting to just to be have this chumrah of da'anama. So let's see, a person's uh, roommate is going to trip over his his uh, washing cup, or your wife is nervous, your husband's nervous, he's going to get all over the floor. So then, we would say, one should not uh, be makbit on this zayr, and just go with a regular halacha. Regular halacha is, you just have to wash your hands before you touch your eyes, and your, and your nose, your ears. That's another reason to be makol. Additionally, there's a shavus The shavus says that that a person's entire house is considered uh so he brings the araya from the shach. The shach uh, t- is talking about um, wearing your tzitzis out in front of a mace. There's an isra of La Rush, You should not wear your tzitzis in front of a dead person uh, because he can't keep the mitzvah of tzitzis, so it's, you're you're making him jealous. You're allowed to wear your watch, your fancy watch, you could drive your Lamborghini, but you're not allowed to have a little string of tzitzis sticking out because that he's jealous of because you're Mikhail mitzvah, and he cannot be Mikhail mitzvah. What if I'm not within dararamos but I'm in the same room? Like you go to a levaya and you're in the, uh, the funeral home. The shach says it's still considered dararamos. Another instance where we see a whole house is considered dararamos is by Erevin, Let's say you were uh, you went out of your two thousand amos tchum. There's a limit how, how far a person could walk on Shabbos. If you live in a city, you're never going to get too far. But if you live uh, in a place in a in a rural rural area where there's not too many houses, you could have this issue. You walk you know a half a mile, three quarters of a mile, you might have an issue of tchum Shabbos. Let's say you end up in a place. So Allah you not know to walk more than two hundred amos in any direction. However, if you're st- if you're in a house, you could walk throughout the entire house, even if you left your uh, tchum Shabbos. So you see that an entire house is considered darahamis. Now many places would say it's not exactly a good comparison. Here we're talking about you know walking darahamis without uh, washing your hands. There it's it's all about considered you know one rishos, you know one 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 house. But the Shvus Yaakov does say that, and, and the Mishabur says, b'shas etchak a person who can rely on this, and therefore those that do not are not machbit on. Having you know a washing cup near their bed, definitely yesha milisma. There's definitely strong reason to be makom. If one could be machmer, kol It's it's a nice thing to do. Okay, the Gemara clearly says one should not touch any openings of his of his body. So that means you should not put your hand in your mouth. Uh, you have something stuck in your tooth. Don't put your hand in your in, to, to to get something out of your tooth. In the morning before you wash your hands. What about food? So the Gemara is ma'ashma. If you touched a Giga shel you touched a barrel of beer. The beer is there's a, a problem of ruach ra. Now the Bais writes that no matter which food you touch, the evet it will never be aser. You could always eat that. But the a person should not touch food before, prior to washing his hands. The question arises by a baby bottle. Many uh, you know young fathers and young mothers they wake up in the middle of the night to feed a to feed a baby. And you have to, you know, you have to actually use your hands to, to hold a bottle. So, do I have to wash my hands prior to feeding, uh, giving the, a ba- uh, a bottle to a baby? So, there is definitely an Indian to wash your hands prior to doing that. However, if uh, if you can't, the baby's crying, there's definitely, or if you're really tired. So then, what are you relying on? So first of all, b'diavad, it would never be a problem. Second of all, the Mar says, says the Mishabura is mashma like this, that if you're not touching the actual beverage. You're touching the bottle, so that's fine. So as long as you don't put your hand in the milk to mix it, you're, you're, you're touching the bottle so there would, wouldn't be a problem of ruach, ra. However, if you're taking care of a baby, you should not put your fingers in his mouth to calm him down. That would not be uh, recommended because you're touching an open part of the body. Okay, so uh, next year we'll, we'll discuss an interesting question. Let's say you, you employ a uh, non-observant Jews in your restaurant, and they uh, they don't necessarily wash in a sedayim. So the question is, do we make them uh, wash their hands prior to working? Obviously, they should wash their hands, but should they wash their hands three times before they uh, start working in a restaurant? There, maybe there's Ruach Ra on the food. So we'll discuss that in the beginning of uh, tomorrow's share.